Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. It's Chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Jean. Yes, it's Natalie Jean. Today, we have the honor of having multi-award-winning pianist Sofia Agranovich. I hope I said that right. Sofia Agranovich. Sorry, Sofia Agranovich, an internationally acclaimed multi-award winning pianist, recording artist, educator, Steinway artist, and a Juilliard graduate, is a bold, daring pianist in the tradition of the Golden Age Romantics, a tigress of the keyboard, fanfare possessing, magnificent, shading, and superior musicianship American record guy. Mrs. Agranovich has performed in USA, Europe, Israel, Canada, was invited to China, and has collaborated with renowned musicians and members of major orchestras. Her nine CD albums and live concerts are broadcasted on major stations worldwide. She's a NARIS voting member, program chair of Music Educators Association of New Jersey, and is the director of classical music series at the Wachong Arts Center. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Oh, hi, Natalie. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. Uh, It's a pleasure to talk to everyone. And congratulations on your current win on Georgia Awards, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so how have you been during this crazy thing we're calling a pandemic? Uh, we survived, so that's good. Yeah, so um, actually um, it, it gave uh, me time to reflect on life, practice more. Um, And, um, you know, I adjusted because I started teaching online, which was very good. Uh, I learned new repertoire. So um, I think under the circumstances, it actually um, didn't impact me personally very much but uh, of course psychologically it is very hard and um you know i yeah so you know like and we feel imprisoned but now thank god we you know we can uh, do stuff we can go out finally (laughs) now with your type of music because you're a penis um did you try to do any of the live streaming yes i did three live streamings but yeah, I, I discovered it only since February. I did um, actually May and two in uh, two in May and one in June. Yes. Okay. Two of them and were a complete solo concert. One was uh, maybe half an hour concert. Okay. And how did you like that experience? Um, it turned out much better than I expected. I actually put on YouTube a couple of videos. 
um, which was from my living room, I, um, and it gave me a chance to tune a piano, <laughs> finally. Um, and um, it, it's interesting because I did feel, maybe it was my imagination, but I, I did feel uh, some vibes from the public. It was very interesting. Of course, nothing can uh, replace the live performance. No, but um, if I knew, I, I would start doing it much earlier than that. And uh, probably I will continue to do it once in a while. Yeah, yeah, no. I think uh, one of the things that we learned during the pandemic is that we, we learned uh, new tricks of the trade, meaning that there's more of an environment, more that we can do in the music industry than, you know, it's obviously it's great to be, be able to perform you know, on a stage in front of thousands of people or a few people, but it, it, it gave us a different avenue that we can use at the same time uh, to, be, to be able to get our, our music heard and seen by our fans and, and other people that didn't even know about it. So I think that's fantastic. Now, you said that during the pandemic, you know, you, you did a lot of reflection, and that's one of my, you know, next questions that I ask. Um, because as we can see, the pandemic was obviously awful, but it actually gave people time to think about a lot of things. Um, like I, I tell everybody, you know, I have friends that decided they were going to quit their job because they realized mm, that that's not what they want to do. They want to do something that makes them happy because they realize that life is even shorter because of the pandemic. Um, there's some people that, you know, decided, oh, they're going to come back on work because they realized they didn't, you know, spend enough time with their family. Um, you know, Mother Nature and the animals were able to run free because nobody was in the street with climate change. You know, they, they did a study where um, you know, the, the pollution went down. So there were a lot of bad things, but there were a lot of good things where people just reevaluated their life. And some people really saw their, their worth during that time. And as musicians, you know, there's some artists that totally rebranded. They decided they want to do something else. They took their music down reinvented themselves. There, there are some artists that decided they wanted to be more effective, an effective player in life with their music because we as artists have a true gift. I mean, music has the power to heal and move mountains, um, in my opinion. So did you have any of those ideas in your head where you, you might decide to, decide to write a different type of piece um, in your repertoire? Um, did you think about anything like that? Oh, yeah, of course, it, it was the whole reevaluation of, of the whole career all over again, because I, I changed career actually twice. <laughs> um, and reevaluation of, of life and relationships and nature, everything exactly what you said. Um, yeah, I, I decided to, you know, maybe to learn other composers. I improvise a lot. I don't play publicly, but I improvise on my own a lot. I compose also nobody, you know, but it's all in a classic romantic style. It's not in the very modern style. Um, but, you know, definitely I'm planning um, to learn many new pieces. But And also it was good because I, when I started teaching online, it mm -hmm. opened a lot of possibilities for teaching, yeah. uh, you know, for teaching all kinds from, you know, you can teach from any state, from any country, right. and weather, weather is not a problem, and distance right. is not a problem, so it's very good, a lot of people I know who started um, working in other jobs, but they work right. remotely, they don't want to go back to the office anymore, but right. in a way it's good, because um, it would save on rent for some of, um, companies, 
And um, it's actually, they, they are, we should always seek, seek positive in whatever right. happens because, uh, yeah. So there were a lot of positives in this way. And also, you know, a lot of people reevaluated their health and their diet right. and the way yeah. they live. So I hope a lot of people made a lot of healthier choices and it would help them in the future. So um, that's happened. Yeah. I definitely. So you're right. It was it was very positive in yeah. some ways. Yeah, it was definitely, and I, I like the fact that you bring up the you know the lifestyle change, the body, mind, and soul change of things because I think a lot of people did that as well. I mean, when the first pandemic first hit, I was eating every. I mean, I normally work out. I work out every day, and when the pandemic hit, it's like, oh, okay, I'll have some Oreo cookies. I'll have stuff that I normally don't eat. And so, yeah, I like everybody else. I gained weight. I, I, I've taken it off because I got a Peloton. <clears throat> and, and, and the Peloton has become my new boyfriend because I'm on it two hours a day. Um, but it's, yeah, but it, yeah, it's true. Uh, I think overall it was more of a mind, body, soul uh, reevaluation for a lot of people. Now, where are you uh, originally from and where, when did you come to the U.S.? Um, I'm originally from Ukraine, but uh, when I was born, it used to be a republic of the Soviet Union, Ukrainian USSR. Now okay. it's a separate country, everyone right. knows. <laughs> and uh, I was born in a very, very beautiful, westernized city, you know, um, Chernivtsi. It's uh, really, really beautiful, called Paris and Vienna in miniature. I still miss it. Uh, believe it or not, um, I immigrated to U.S. when I was 15 years 15. old. And yes, so most of my life I live here in, in U.S. In the U.S.A. Okay, so yeah. what was it about the piano, about music overall, that made you say, "Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do in, with my life"? Was it something that you saw? Was it something that you heard? Did your did your parents make you take piano? What was it that you were like, okay, this is it for me? Uh, um, you know, everybody took piano and violin. You know, kids right. take foreign language, so it, it was a fashionable thing to take piano um, and uh, any other instrument. So um, I was, you know, playing by ear a lot. I took formal lessons. Mm-hmm. and started taking formal lessons at five, but I have a lot of. I still do have a lot of other interests. And, of course, as a child, I loved everything. I liked sports. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. I wanted to be a doctor. I read a lot. You know, I was dreaming a lot. I, I, was, I, I loved to, to draw and paint and sculpt because, um, you know, I, I love art still. So music was just like a side product of all overall education, but I didn't practice much, and everybody said that I play so well, and I didn't understand why they were saying it. So, um, but... You know, I um, entered the music school, didn't practice much. Everything came so easy. But I used to go to concerts because in our town there were very famous musicians and very good musicians from Russian uh, piano school like Svetoslav Richter, Emil Gilius, Bela Davidovich. They came to our town and played. And when I listened to their concert, it just transported me to completely another world which I couldn't explain or describe. And I loved that feeling. So when I played at home, I tried to imitate, and I couldn't. I didn't know how on, on my level. But when I heard um, Chopin's music, 
I, I was just swept. We had a lot of um, classical records, which right. my parents played. My mother sang a lot of opera arias. She had beautiful voice, and she was very artistic. Uh, so one, I, I put Chopin, I heard Sviatoslav Richter playing Chopin, and I came home, and I found that LP, and I put it on, and I was just like listening and listening. I couldn't understand. It was so magical. I couldn't even analyze what makes it like this. And that's what, it was like big mystery. And mm. that's when I started practicing more and trying to listen to all the nuances. Why, you know, because some of these things, it's unexplainable. You try to analyze, but it should be always magic in a performance or music. Mm. And so that's, um, and then logically they say, oh, you should be a pianist because, you know, you play in this concert, you won this competition. And I said, no, I like too many things. Uh, so we came to America um, and my teachers told me, oh, you have to apply to Juilliard School because they thought I'm, you know, I should be a musician. So I said, okay, I'll apply to Juilliard School. So I applied to pre-college. I got in and I didn't even understand the significance of that. Um, and, you know, the head of the piano department, Sasha Garanitsky, was one of the best teachers at the time. He took me in uh, as the only second. He had only two pre-college students in his lifetime. Uh, mm. So I started practicing more seriously and staying playing. And I still didn't make up my mind to be a musician because um, I still loved too many things. Right. And I saw how hard it is to be a, a musician because I started, you know, I was a teenager and especially for a woman if she wants to have a family. So I didn't have much encouragement from my family. They wanted me just to be normal, <laughs> normal person. But, you know, I graduated Juilliard and then things just, you know, changed. So that's another story. But right now I'm a musician. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a long story. So would you consider yeah, so yourself um, a prodigy? Um, I don't consider myself a prodigy, but people thought I am because, you know, I didn't practice much and, you know, it came so easy. And I played like when I discovered Chopin, I started learning those Chopin etudes and everything. So by age 12, I played like all 24 etudes. Um, and some other pieces, and 13, I played Chopin first concerto, actually, um, in a concert. So everybody said, you're a prodigy. So I said, so what, you know, because I always compare myself with the great masters, and, you know, there is so much room for improvement. And, you know, I understood that being a prodigy is helping, but it's not the final word, you know, the final word, what happens later, and the product. Because if, if a young prodigy plays, it's always amazing. And I did have a lot of students who were prodigies. It's amazing and I love teaching. But what happens afterwards, what goal, that's what's important. So um, that's, that's basically, so I'm still trying to improve on that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously, I would consider you a definitely a prodigy. Um, but during your, your childhood years, was there a lot of stress put on you um, to be great as a pianist? Um, I always, whenever I do anything, even cleaning the house, <laughs> I try to do the best job I can, and I just like to do things good. So whenever I practice, it wasn't much, but this practice time was very intense. And so I, I think I put more stress on myself than my 
parents or my teachers, and I actually enjoyed practicing and playing. It was not stressful for me. Um, it was like expression of, of me. And, you know, I love the physical work because playing piano with all these chords and octaves and jumps, it's, it's very hard. It's almost athletic work. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it because I loved sports. I liked ballet and uh, swimming and all that stuff. So I, I really enjoyed it. And because I didn't think that uh, seriously that, oh, I have to compete, I, I should become a musician, I, I took it um, just as an entertainment, as a pleasurable, you know, right. time spending. That's all. So I didn't feel stress there, but I started feeling stress in Juilliard because Juilliard was extremely and still is very competitive. Everybody is secluded. Everybody constantly practices. There are a lot of politics, but politics are everywhere, you know. Yeah. But it's a very lonely profession because especially if you're not in orchestra, like for pianists, because, you know, you play one instrument, you don't, you, you don't need accompanists, which is a good thing. Right. You can do it all alone because it's like the full orchestra. But it's very lonely and people were, you know, it's, it's a certain atmosphere in Juilliard. I tried mm. to keep above that. I was always dreaming about something. I was never dressed like anyone. I never behaved like everyone. <laughs> so everybody said, I'm strange because I was too normal. <laughs> But I love that because you remained yourself. I mean, obviously, you remained very authentic. I mean, is it important for you to be an authentic person? Because, you know, I think stereotypically people have a worldview of what a pianist is supposed to be. Um, You know, you know, just very, you know, classical, very almost perfect. Um, Yeah. I like the fact that you weren't like the rest. Um, you basically were yourself. Was that important to you? I did. Um, you see, it's interesting because uh, when everybody tries to be an individual and tries to look different and tries to be different, when I'm just trying to be what I, I enjoy the most and try to be normal and I'm, I'm very like conservative in a lot of views and in behavior, I was more abnormal than anyone else in comparison. <laughs> so because everything is in comparison, right? You cannot, you, uh, you know, it's philosophical thing. You know, everything, uh, you, you learn everything in comparison because in itself you don't see anything. Even you don't see yourself unless you look in the mirror, right? Oh. So uh, I didn't try to be, I didn't try to be myself because I, I was trying to discover who I am. I had no idea, you know, especially teenager. It's very difficult teenage girls. And I didn't yeah. want to talk to my parents. I didn't want to upset them. Um, I'm still searching. We're all searching for ourselves. We always discover different facets of personality and taste. Plus, we're changing with life and times. So who are we? So, um, but by seeking and trying not to be strong and not to be um, swayed by someone and go against what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And have, um, so that's, that's what I mean by being yourself. But I'm still discovering who I am, yeah. <laughs> as, as we are all. But some people are more aware of it than others. So I thought, okay, so people think I'm strange. So what? You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to be strange. I'm just like trying to, I'm very proper. <laughs> I don't try to be strange. You know, so. The stranger the better for me. The stranger the better. 
Because you know what? I love when people call me strange. I love when people call me names because I'm just, me, I'm very authentic. I don't have time to play a game and play a role. I think it's. Yeah, I think you're a very sincere person. I don't see you as strange at all. <laughs> um, you know? Well, I think yeah. you're very authentic and it's not strange. Strange when something is. Uh, on purpose, something that, uh, right. you know, clashes with everything and it's, it's a, such a dissonance and it discomfort. You know, it, it's a philosophical question again, but uh, when you're true to yourself and something, it's, I think you're closer to, to being to the real, uh, real thing, which is basically, a, uh, it's, um, it's very simple. Like, it's like music of Mozart. You know, why it's, Mozart is a genius. Everybody knows Mozart. Um, he, why he's a genius? His music is so simple. It's like child's tune. All children love this. Uh, they call it Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but it's actually a melody written by Mozart. But why it, Mozart has such input? And when they say, like, it's a research and helps in learning, why do they pick Mozart, not Beethoven or Chopin? Or, uh, because beauty and truth is in simplicity. And it's very hard to comprehend because simple has all the facets. It's like rainbow has, uh, you know, all the colors of rainbow becomes white when you spin it. That's it. And it's very hard. Simplicity is very hard to come about mm. because simplicity is a combination of everything in exactly. itself. Exactly. Uh, uh, no, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I am authentic. You know, it's just a, that's a short I'd rather be real than something that than than not. Um, I just don't yeah. have time for you know well known. You know I I'm I'm very nice now. If somebody comes at me the wrong way, the first first time I'm going to be very nice, and then if they get me angry, then you know. I'm but that's way- good because I I'm known not to have good self defense mechanism because I, I try you know I'm very very strong and I have a lot of willpower but I don't like to offend people right. and well, it's my big problem <laughs> yeah no, I don't have, well I try not to offend people I, you know I try to be very how do I put it very terse I try not to but if somebody offends me I I'm going to tell them a few a few things I mean I, I'll, t- I'll give you an experience that's good I mean because one yeah you're they they saw me win a bunch of awards and they messaged me on Facebook and they said, you know, I like your music, but you're not that good. Why do you keep winning? Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. So, so I gave them a few words and I said, because he said, he, oh, don't you think those awards are suspicious because you're, you keep winning? And I said, no, maybe somewhere I have talent. Um, Needless to say, I'm not friends with that person. In fact, I haven't seen that person on Facebook in years. Um, so, you know, sometimes in this world, when you're really good, like you, um, you can get attacked. I think people get jealous of what you do. But we both put in a lot of work. I mean, I haven't been to Juilliard. I mean, that is that is just exceptional. You have to agree that's exceptional to be accepted by Juilliard and then be a prodigy on top of it. Um it's just all inspiring. Um, do you ever get people that say that come to you like that and say, "My God, you're good, but you're not that good"? 
They can't say that. To you. Um, not directly. I, it's actually I I have a tendency, and I used to have to belittling what I do because I was taught that you know that modesty actually in Russia, it's, you know, it, it was a saying that modesty actually enhances the personality. And my my parents were very strict. You shouldn't you know dress modest everything. So and I have a tendency, and I always extremely self-critical. I'm my my worst critic because I. It's amazing, you know, I don't like anything I play, you know, I always think I can play much better and why screw that. So whenever people tell me, and some, sometimes if it's a constructive criticism, I welcome right. it. It's like when I teach my students. But if it's a tint of jealousy or something belittling, uh, which I, everybody gets it. I get it too. Sometimes it's indirect. Sometimes I find it out from the third person. It's very hurtful. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of so used to it, I kind of, like, um, try to expect it. And then they say to me, like, my daughter teaches me how to live sometimes. Because she's, kind of, you know, she's a different, she's a little bit like you. She's that person. I says, Mom, so what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mom. I said, exactly. oh, you know, da, 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 da. she goes, so what? <laughs> so from now on, you know, but something happens, I say, so what? You know, it doesn't impact anything in the real scheme of things, you know. When we die and everything, this wouldn't be left. What will be left, it's what legacy we leave, what, how we influence other people, uh, you know. So when I always try to rise, maybe not to rise, it's too big a war to rise on occasion. You know, try to detach myself. You know, it's like when you meditate, you try to detach from situation, which is very hard because you're still in your body. Right. Um, and, and think and what I tend when person is really vicious and we know we get all kinds of people I try um, and I'm not patronizing but pity them because it means how we treat others it reflects on how we think about ourselves exactly. it means something is lacking something is lacking in their life maybe they're unhappy maybe they have because when, when people are in good mood, they like everything around. When people don't like something or they criticize, it means they, they like lack self-respect or they're deficient in something. So they really need help. Or Sometimes, you know, it's almost like a, in a Christian religion, you know, you, you don't, you give other chick, you help people. When somebody is bad, you try to treat it with goodness. It doesn't work many times because you have to be self-defensive. But that's my first reaction. Something wrong with them. So many times, you know, with um, you know, I I'm actually I'm friendly with everyone. I don't I don't think I have enemies or, you know, because of of the attitude. And it helps me a lot. I don't see if somebody hurts and say something, I, you know, I see the situation and I answer in such a way, maybe indirectly, I just calm them down. I, I never, uh, but sometimes it hurts me because sometimes you have to really, somebody comes with the knife to you, you have to protect yourself, but, uh, you know, so I'm still learning. Anyway, no, so that I get it. I completely, I completely get it. So we're going to play, you sent me Beethoven. We're going to play that now. Is this your interpretation of Beethoven? Yes. Uh, okay. Which which one are you going to play? Because I sent you a couple of things. Yeah, Beethoven. Yeah, which um, piece? I don't know. You just I think oh, you okay. just okay. Okay, I'll hear it. Okay, because I have a couple of them. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna play that now. Hold on one second. 
wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, uh, well, um, I don't, I don't it, believe in the word perfect because I don't believe there's anything that's perfect, but I would have to make an exception right here. Right oh, here. Oh, thank you. It's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's I, great, Hoban. If, if you hear... Uh-huh. You should hear it in real life or, or on, on actual CD because there are so many nuances. And I, I'm actually surprised that, you know, over the phone and everything, it still sounded okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, you should, you, should, you should listen to that piece. Like, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send you the link to uh, SoundCloud or Spotify. Yeah, you're on Spotify. I have Spotify, so I can find you. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm going to, I love classical music, but my, my uncle who lives with me and my mother, um, he adores, adores classical music. And I am going to get him to listen to your uh, CD, your music. Oh, because, thank you. That would be good. I mean, he, I mean, he a lot, that's all he listens to is classical music. And he is just going, his mouth is going to drop open because this is just, I mean, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, because my God, <laughs> I mean that was pure perfection. That was, I mean, all, all inspiring. <laughs> it's like I should drop down to my knees when I see you. And just, it's not me, it's Beethoven. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, here's where you're wrong, in my opinion. It is you. It is you. Because you put your energy, your soul. Yes, Beethoven wrote whatever, but that's you playing. That's not Beethoven. That's you. I'm trying to. No one, as far as I'm concerned, no one can do what you just did. Okay? That is your energy. That is your soul that you just put into that piece. That is you. That is Sophia. That is not Beethoven. That is his piece. <laughs> but that is, your, <laughs> that is your gift. That is your gift to the world. You are a oh, product. thank you. <laughs> you, are, you are life. I mean, you, you, I, mean I'm, I listened to it and I'm just listening. I mean, you, you, took, you took somebody on a journey. I'm telling you, if somebody never heard of Beethoven and they listened to that, they would be hooked. They would listen to, they wouldn't even listen to Beethoven. They would Listen to you. And maybe, and maybe, I'm trying to pro- project all of this music because a lot of people are not exposed. They know who Beethoven, but there's so what? many nice, beautiful pieces, and they have no idea what treasure is there. So if if we, I'm trying actually to save that legacy because um, you know it's very hard because life goes on, so we have more and more equally beautiful, nice music. So, you know, this old music has such, it's old in comparison. <laughs> of course, it's not old. Um, yeah, so if, if, if more people get exposed to it, and, and even classical musicians, you know, we don't know, I don't know everything, every single piece, every single classical composer wrote or romantic or something. There's some gems and some unknown music. So I think it's, it's our... Uh, if we are not composers ourselves, it's, um, our task is to prolong its legacy to the next generation. And 
current people who don't know what it is. But um, whatever you said, it's just a huge compliment. Thank you so much because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to project. I'm trying to channel his energy because I do feel it. It's actually, it's not really, I would say it's not really me. I'm not trying to contradict you. But I, I, it's, it's he who empowers me, his, yes. his soul. He empowers you, but that's also you. I mean, I think what happens is is that you love Beethoven's work, okay? But it's still your interpretation of his work. And I think if Beethoven were alive, he would say, my God, this is better than me. He would probably say that. Because my God, I, I, I'm just, it, 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 it's, it's still all about you because it's your interpretation of his work. Um. And and let me tell you when you know when it's Grammy season and all that stuff. What I look for in an artist is I need to see that person's soul in their music, whether they wrote it, whether it's a cover, whether whatever it is. I need to see that it's you playing. I need to know if it's an artist that sings that, that it's coming from their soul. That music is. And let me tell you something. Listening to that, you were born to do music. That's period. There's no question. I mean, if, well, <laughs> thank you. If he, if he almost made me cry. Because it's just, it's just, you were born to do this and you're following, you followed your dreams and you're doing your thing. And it's, this, this is what I like to see. This is what I like to hear. You are the type of women woman that people should look up to and be inspired and say, you know what? She's doing that. I can do it too. And you don't have to be a prodigy. You need to believe in yourself to know that you can do this. I mean, it's just amazing. When you're teaching, you know, what is your methodology? You know, what what are you trying to teach to your students? Oh, uh, it's various because I don't have definite, I don't teach certain methods like Suzuki or something because it depends on a student. It's very, very individual. And sometimes you get this. So I tailor any method towards the student. And sometimes, I, believe it or not, I like problem students, which are very hard to, uh, to teach. And, of course, I like very talented students because I can t- talk to them on my level. But um, when I have a student who has a problem, sometimes they come from another, because it's, uh, a lot of it, it's not music or teaching itself. It's personalities yeah. clash. Or, because you're dealing with, uh, with children who are very sensitive. They have their own problems. And I love when, some, when I get, like a psychologist, some, some difficult situation. Yeah. And um, actually, one of the students wrote me a letter that I helped her in her teenage years. It was so good. Um, you know, with all the problems, and I didn't even know that. Uh, just by music, just by, you know, by doing and explaining all these emotions, by, you know, it was, it was very good. But my methodology varies from student to student, which a lot of teachers do. Um, and what I do, I usually talk even to little kids, because I do teach. I had some kids starting at three years old, believe it or not. Some of them can, some of them can't. But the, the ones that can... Um, uh, they're very interesting to teach. It's all about personality, about dealing with people. It's not even so much about music. So I talk to them as if I talk, talk to adult on my level, but 
you know, from a different point of view because they're like us, but they're like in a different body in a different level. So it's difficult for them to understand or to do. Um, and once they get, I give them a lot of technique, of course, scales, and they, you know, some kids hate it, exercises, but they teach, teach it in such a way that they actually like it. Because, you know, all kids like sports, so for them it's some kind of, I, I teach it in a fun way, but on a very high level. Um, and also I give them the pieces that they love. I choose the pieces that they love. Of course, I give them, okay, you take this piece, but you have to do along with this piece, you have to do this and this just for broadening repertoire. Because if you give them just pieces they love, they go on the tangent, they don't want to practice, they just want to, you know, they don't want to learn anything, just like do that. But if you do both, this way they learn repertoire at the same time they enjoy it. Right. So that's what. And also, and also, I push them very hard. I give them very hard assignments, but they don't know it because mm-hmm. I never scream. I'm, they think I'm not strict at all. That they come, you know, they're all like friends with me. Some of them when they leave and they go to college, and then you know they're my friends. But actually, it's on a very high level, and I push them really fast. You know, it's like on a fast pace. Um, so uh, I enjoy it because it's like um, it's a for enjoyment dealing with interesting people. They're all very interesting people. Um, so, but I'm I'm never for I never tell them okay, do this exercise repeated ten times. You do it until you get it right or until you're tired. You don't repeat 50 times this or three times this. Uh, I disagree with a lot of teachers on that methodology, but, you know, they're entitled to their own opinion. It's just my opinion. Right. No, I I get that. So what's next for you? What are your plans for the future for performing and recording? Um, Actually, because of this virus situation, I didn't play a lot of concerts last year, which were planned. So I have like a lot of programs piled up. And usually I do recordings once I learn the program, because I produce like in um, 10 years, I produce nine recordings. I'm trying to catch up from my other career, which we didn't talk about it here, because I wasn't a musician all my life. I was 23 years, I was a, a computer programmer on a very high level. I didn't do music. <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to do this recordings and I didn't do this record. So, and now I'm learning another program plus I'm picking pieces from other years, which I didn't learn completely. So I have the work like tailored for me for another, maybe five years of programs, which I love because I love learning new stuff. I like polishing old pieces. Um, and I'm, very, very busy, which which is very good because uh, yeah. music is very healing. Uh, we all know it, but uh, you know it. It really helped me through the very hard parts yeah. of my life. Yeah. Uh, physically, physically, I mean, health-wise, it's very yeah. stabilizing, and yeah. of course, emotionally and everything. And uh, I'm lucky to have music because even when I was working in the office and uh, terrible music really helped me in, in many, many ways. Yeah. So, yeah, so my plans for the future is to learn new programs and produce recording as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm still very careful this year because I don't want to perform too much because maybe I'm paranoid, but I, I just don't want to get sick. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe I'm over, over, overthinking it, but... 
you know, it gives me a chance. Maybe I, I like to be because big part of me is an introvert, so I actually like to, to work alone um, and just discover, you know, like a scientist. I, I like that. I have like, and, and then I love to be in public too and playing. I'm paranoid about the concert, but once I get into it, it's a special feeling. So now I'm exercising my introvert philosophical nature. <laughs> Which sometimes it's very hard with our hectic pace of life, you know? Yeah, no, I, well, I get it. And, and I'm just like you. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, good. Very healing for me. It was my saving grace. It's got me uh, through a lot of things. So I completely understand that completely. Um, you meant to this. Um, well, Sophia, our time is up. Um, but my God, I am... I need to buy one of your. I need to buy one of your CDs. Because I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, go on. Go on YouTube. On, um, I'll, I'll send you links. But uh, you know, everywhere, Spotify, SoundCloud. I have all my rec- recordings <laughs> with all the tracks. I don't. I don't buy physical CDs anymore, really. But I want to buy your physical CD. I, you know, I, I actually would love to buy one to give to my uncle. So. Uh, oh okay. Uh, you know what? Maybe uh, because I have nine of I have nine of them, and the rep- repertoire is very. Uh, send him the links to uh, my Amazon with so he can select. Because if he knows music, he will select what he really likes. Yes. Because yes. the yes. choice is very big. I will do that. I will do. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm gonna send him the Spotify and all that good stuff. But it's still, you know, I just want to, you know. Give back yeah, to on your, Amazon, on anywhere you can buy CDs. Yeah, I want to give back to your artistry. I want to, oh, I want to support your artistry. That's what I meant to say. Um, oh, because thank you so much, Natalie. I mean, woo, I love you. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love, I love you. Because um, you're, like I said, you're so awe-inspiring. And I'm glad I, you, I'm glad you came on um, my podcast because I learned so much about you um you're not you're not very much the same in a lot of ways and um just mentally <laughs> and authentically um uh you just i mean you're just amazing and you and you need to know that you you just fantastic phenomenal what else is there to say but oh thank you yeah you know some of the questions that you ask I, I was never asked in uh, any other interview, and were so like you took me by surprise a lot of times. So, whatever I said, it was completely I don't know what I, I, like, I like it was to be very normal. interesting. It was it was so very interesting. You know what we talked about actually. Yeah, well, most places will ask you know the same repetitive questions, but my podcast is more about you know two girlfriends sitting on a ch- uh, on a couch just having a real conversation about who they are and, and how life affects them, you know, and, and, and so I really yeah, I, know people on a personal level. Yeah, that was very refreshing, actually. <laughs> that was good. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, I'm going to follow you everywhere that I can. I'll get my um, uncle to listen to some of your music, purchase some of your songs because I think they're good. And then, it, and then I think eventually let's let's do an, an IG live because um, I'd like to see you on the IG Instagram. Let's do that, um, and that will be that. Yeah. But thank you so well, much. Th- oh, thank you. 
yeah, it was uh, something that I didn't expect quite hundred. Like what? Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Thank you very much, Natalie. And I'm I'm glad that Beethoven made such an impact. That's great. I, I really love. And you know, in real life, it's much better. Of course, when you real life performance. Uh, yeah, so if I play, when, uh, whenever I come live, you, uh, you know, start playing live, maybe in, you're yeah. in the area, I will yeah. definitely put you on the list if you can come to the concert. Yeah, yeah. Let me know wherever you are, and if I'm in the area, um, I will definitely come to see you perform, definitely. Oh, that would be great. Where, and where and same live? thing for you. Where do you live now? New Jersey. New Jersey. Are you, are you yeah. coming to... Um, can you come? I don't know. I know you don't. You might not want to go out, but are you, do you, do you know? I don't um, go out yet with the virus. I I, I avoid any extra interaction. Although I'm vaccinated and everything, so I'm still. I was going to ask you if you knew about Kit Wakeley's um, perform. He's going to be performing at Carnegie Hall on uh, October 11th. Um, and so what he does, he fuses classical with rock. I mean, it's amazing. I'll, I'll send you, I need to send you the links. I, I would honestly like to get your professional opinion of his album. I think it's phenomenal, um, but it's rock fused with classical and he um, recorded yeah, it. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it because we're, we're friends on, uh, you yeah. know, in social media and stuff. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, we can talk or I can send you email, you know, besides, yeah, it's very good. It's very interesting. Very, yeah, it was, I was surprised because I also didn't expect that. It, it's very nice, actually. Very yeah. um, unique, very unique combination, what he does. Yeah. And uh, it's cinematographic, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's not because some of the music sometimes, when, especially when it's rep, 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 uh, repetition, it's mm -hmm. getting boring, you know. But his music is always exciting. Even if he repeats the phrase and everything, it's always like builds up attention, and then always you expect like you're in a, some kind of in a fairy tale. That's what I like. Yeah, nice. definitely. All right. Well, I hope you have a great rest of the week. It's just going to start Monday next. Tomorrow's Monday. Um, and you know what? Let's definitely keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much again. And keep also keep what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. <laughs> yeah, let's be in touch, definitely. All right. All right, everyone. That was multi-award winning Tina Sofia Aglanovich on Chatting with Nat. Um, find her. Listen to her. She's on all streaming platforms. She's amazing. Go to her website. She's, she's just, she is it. She's all inspiring. She's a woman. She does it all. So definitely go find her. Um, so next time on Chatting with Nat, we'll talk to you later. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.